This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Lovely. Thanks ever so much. Afternoon, Jürgen. Hello. Hi there. Um, Jürgen, the last game against Atleti was was a great game to watch, but just what a yeah, <laughs> what are the challenges of placing facing a Diego Simeone side and what are you expecting in the game now? Similar intensity. Um I think never, I don't think in the, in the history since they played since Diego's there, they never played a friendly game. So um, we should we should not expect that. Um, and the situation in the group um, sets the, the level as well. So it's clear that um, I think he probably needs three points or thinks that they need three points or stuff like this, or at least whatever. So, and we want to win the game um, with all we have and we are at home and we are, um, it's so, so long ago that we played a home game in Champions League when it was AC Milan, but that's, I don't know, four or five weeks ago or something like that. So, but we are, only we were so happy last year when we qualified for the Champions League that we really, um, because we were we knew we will have nights like this, so now a night like this is coming, and now we should um, celebrate it in a football way together with our supporters. And um, yeah, that Atletico is a good team, a very good team, an incredibly good team. Everybody knows, difficult to play, everybody knows, but we will still give it a try. Um, Jurgen, you're managing a, a few injuries as as any any club does but um how does that potentially impact on your selection for tomorrow night and maybe perhaps you could give us a, a, another update on Naby Keita it, it didn't look good at the weekend although I don't think you're able to say the full extent of the injury yeah, a, uh, injury so we'll be out for a while um, and apart from that obviously Millie clear um, yeah and others um, rather long term uh, out as well, but um, yeah, Fabinho and, 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 and Thiago drained completely out in contention, uh, which is good, obviously, very helpful. Um, so we'll see, but um, yeah, injuries that period uh, of the season will be normal as long as they are not too harsh. Um, uh, we have to accept that, um, and so um, the players will be back. Um, Hopefully soon, and then we will they are in contention as well again. But no, for tomorrow only. Um, okay, thank you. We'll go around the room now. Uh, we'll go with Carl Markham, followed by uh, James from Talksport, and Carl. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, followed by uh, Carl from BBC Merseyside. Uh, Carl Markham first, please. Thanks, Matt. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, very good. Emotional, emotional. Go on, wow. Too early to get emotional. Hi Jürgen. Um, just wondering, a couple of your last two few games, you've conceded two goal leads. I'm just wondering if if that makes you know the feeling around it makes you appear more vulnerable to opponents, even if maybe you don't you don't feel that way yourself. Last question again. So I heard two. We conceded two goals and you, you, last you twice conceded two two got two nil leads. Yeah, once against Atletico, then come back and then against. Brighton, do you does that give that perception that you are more vulnerable than maybe you actually feel yourselves? You spoke about the defending on Saturday. No, we are not perfect. I know that. I knew that before, uh, um, and we have to yeah, we have to be 
different situations better. That's absolutely clear. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, but um, we had before, I don't know how many clean sheets Ali had this season already. So you can make these kind of discussions always like because of one game and we uh, beat United 5 0 and the world is very, um, what is the right word? And um, then the next moment you, you draw 2-2 you draw against Brighton and you have massive problems. It's neither nor. We, we have to improve. That's what we know. Uh, and we have to, I was said, after the, against Brighton, the, the best way would have been, uh, the best way of defending would have been to keep the ball to play the football we played in our good, in our good periods in the, uh, in the first half especially. And that's what we didn't do. And that was my problem. I knew before the game that we will have problems in moments against Brighton because all teams had it so far. That's just the quality of Brighton. Uh, they don't finish the situations always off, but against us they did. And um, that's why they deserve the point. But it has nothing to do with tomorrow. But with that we have to defend in general battle. That was, we, we knew that before and we, we, we work on that. And we, we have to... We would better do it tomorrow night because um, Atletico is a pretty good football team. Thank you very much, Carl. We'll go to James from TalkSport. Jürgen, how much of a boost would it be to progress from what is a, a really challenging group with two matches to spare? And what sort of achievement would that be when you consider the side you've taken on? Of course, it would be big. It's just... We, don't, we usually don't have to talk about these kind of things because we usually have a final in the group and I hope that Will not have this year, um, like with the last match day of the group stage. Uh, we need then a 1 0 or something like that, and it's not allowed <laughs> the opponent uh, scores at all, and all these kind of things. So, now, of course, we want to avoid that, but we cannot um, make the second step for the first step. So, the first step is uh, we have just to win against Atletico, and that's already difficult enough. And what it means then, and uh, what kind of achievement it would be, we can talk about afterwards, but that's not for the moment. For the moment, we have to prepare a football game against one of the best sides in the world. And one of the most determined sides in the world. Right? So, um, and we're the best motivated sides in the world. So they obviously go for everything and that all the time. And that's what we um, know. We play them out of fifth time tomorrow. Tournament with Munich, I think. Um, and then the two games one and a half years ago. And now, so we know a lot about each other, so there shouldn't be a lot of surprises, so we can prepare the game and play the best possible way we can. That's the idea. Thank you. Now we've got to Carl Woodward, one from the BBC. Carl. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. Um, on Naby Keita, um, it came off when you were turning up on Saturday. How much of an impact did it have on the side for the rest of the game? And how much will you miss him now he's injured? Yeah, it had an impact, but it's, it's not it's not much to with Ox or whatever. But okay, we have, we have, we have clear patterns. And if you watch us closely, watch us closely, then you see, you see a couple of them. Um, and the, the right side worked really well together with um, the Navi, Trent, and Mo. That worked really well. And then Oxley came on. And Oxley, obviously, a completely different skill set. So, um, completely different player to, to, to Navi. A very good one as well, but different. And so that was. Yeah, you could see it that they didn't. That, by the way, we um, set up the, the, the second goal. So, how I said, it was not about Oxley, it's just about things, how you do them usually, and then you have to, to, to change them and these kind of things. Against a lot of opponents that would have been not that really obvious, but against Brighton, that day it was. And that's all, that's all what you can say. So it was a lot about Brighton, how, how they used our, our little weaknesses in that game. Um, but 
That's it, pretty much. So um, now we we know what we can play. So we prepare in a different way, or maybe two different ways, and then we um, we know exactly what everybody's doing. Okay, I'm going to go around some of the overseas guys. Uh, I'm not sure whether we require the uh, translation or not. I've, I've got Sony India in the panel, but you've not turned the camera on. I'm not sure if you're just uh, monitoring or if you want a question. It doesn't have an actual name to it. Ah, Sony India. Okay, we'll come to you in a second, sir. But we'll go first of all to Fred from Brazil for one question. Uh, then we will go to and, uh, Andres de la uh, Poza, who looks like he might be uh, on the docks in Liverpool. And then we'll finish uh, this section with Sony India and Paul Joyce. So that looks like it's... No, it's very nice. Not, no, it's very nice. It's down there in. Uh, it's down there on the front. Okay, so we'll go to Fred first of all. Who are you talking about? There we go, Fred. Thanks, Matt. Hi, Jürgen. Um, I'm sorry for this question, somewhat off topic, but last week we all saw Josh Cavallo, that plays in Australian league, coming out as a gay footballer, and he's the only one to do so in any top-flight league in the whole world currently. And the history of male football doesn't give us many. Any examples like Josh, you have more than 30 years in the industry. And is it possible to understand why male football seems not to be historically an open and safe environment for players and managers from different sexuality? Actually, of course, I think we all agree it should not be like this. Obviously, that. Josh is doing that, and it's such a big story. That's actually the problem we have, obviously, that it's not normal, um, or that he has to make an announcement, and it's not just um, living his life, his private life, and nobody should be bothered about that. And what I can tell you, and the 30 years in the in the in the in the, in the industry, how you said, um, I never had a dressing room where it would have been a problem at all. So the problem is so the problem is not the inner circle. Obviously, the problem is the the wider, the wider thing, um, and yeah, we all have to work on. Still, obviously, it's a, that's a very disappointing that we have to work on that, but we have to work on it. That's uh, that's how it is. And that these kind of things, that, that that these kind of news are not necessary. Nobody has to make an announcement like that. And nobody has to to open up in a in a. I didn't say that I'm hetero. So they didn't have to. So that these kind of things should be just completely normal. But we cannot change that now. Um, again, it's not in the dressing room. So if it's not in the dressing room, where is it then? How would the so how would the media deal with it? How did the media deal with it? I have no idea. Um, how much they're pushing now in the, in the middle of interest, stuff like this, uh, or is it just going back to what he actually wants to do, playing football, these kind of things? Crowds in the stadium, that's how it is. They, they use, um, we had our, our thing in, in Manchester, they were shouting a few things, but I thought I didn't know why. To be honest, but uh, these things they try to, um, yeah, they try to 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 give you some stick in a, in a stadium. And if that that would happen with these kind of things for sure, so it's about being strong enough to get through this. Man, I saw the I saw the um, his speech or his announcement, and he looks like a really strong, smart uh, young man. And um, I, I wish him really all the best. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that he did it because. Now we talk again. I'm not sure when we, when we spoke last time about it, about this um, subject. Now we speak again, and that's always a good start for changing. 
Thank you, Fred. Uh, okay, three more questions, I'm afraid, and then we're going to have to probably leave it. We've probably got the maximum we can take. Uh, Andreas, as I say, as Andres, sorry, uh, who's on the, uh, looks like the Albert Docks in Liverpool. Andres. Yeah, yes, I am. I, I, I try to speak in English, okay? Hello, Mr. Klopp, Andres de la Poza from Deportes Cuatro. I would like to ask you about uh, Diego Pablo Simeone. You are, and he, uh, you are going to be most or one of the most important stories in the game. Uh, he was talking about in his press conference about uh, he doesn't uh, shake uh, the hands with the other coach after the game because he is very emotional. I, I don't know if you are agree with this behavior. And what do you think about Diego Simeone? He is uh, talking about he respects you a lot as a coach, but he cannot uh, talk about you as a person because he doesn't know. Do you think because you are passionate, you are You could be friends if you know ourselves, yourselves. Thank you. So, I got everything, but uh, being the majority. So, um, that's exactly how it is. I respect a lot what he's doing. I said that before and after the game. And um, But yeah, as private people, we cannot speak about each other because, or we can, of course, but we don't, we don't know each other pretty well. So, that's the, that's the case. But I couldn't respect him more. Uh, the things he's doing in Atletico and for how long he's doing it in the absolutely exceptional in a really uh, against a lot of really strong sides being in such a good position years after year after year that's really that's really impressive um was there anything was there a question involved about the handshake yes or whatever? yes yeah, okay. yeah. so um yeah the, uh, how i said after the game if i would have known he doesn't do it and i didn't know um then i wouldn't even tried it then i tried it then i was waving or whatever that was not necessary for me I, i was not really not happy with that but how as you said how i know we are both emotional and that was my emotion then was not necessary but now i know he doesn't want to do it after the game so no problem so um, before the game we shock hands actually before the game so we'll do that probably tomorrow night as well i assume um but after the game not fine <coughs> absolutely no problem um and then we all can go home happily at least in that department and um, but in between the two um, handshakes it's a very important game for us and that's what i'm much more concerned about it we're much more thinking about um it will be a tough one we know that but it's our home ground and we want other teams to feel that as well we want to create a really special atmosphere tomorrow night in a highly emotional game not only managers are emotional they're the players as well both teams are really determined it's great attitude to fight for everything and that's what we probably will see tomorrow night so I'm really looking forward to it. It's a, it's a massive game against Super Side, um, but we are not the better game. Okay. Thank you, Andres. Enjoy the Liverpool sunshine. The final uh, three questions now. We've got, uh, I think, uh, Rishab from uh, Sunny India next. Then we'll go to uh, Diego and then Paul Joyce to finish. But uh, Rishab, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hi again. Uh, just wanted to ask, uh, Liverpool have conceded like around 12 goals in the last nine or 10 games after a very solid start. Uh, so has that uh, been a defensive issue for you in the re recent games or is it compounded by the injuries in the midfield department for you? So we conceded 12 goals in the last nine or 10 games? Yeah, after a solid start. Okay. Yeah, but look, we can talk about it. It's no problem. We talk about that internally, you can imagine. Analyze, go to consider obviously part of, and we, we talk about that. And I, most of the goals happen because something is not right. Um, and that's what we're working on. Unfortunately, that's not a massive pattern now that the goals always happen in the same way. Um, we have some things we, which we recognized, saw, and hopefully stopped. 
Um, but then sometimes football next game different problem. Um, we are we, we see the game as a complex game. Uh, but it is obviously like it is a complex game, and that means you have to consider pretty much each part of the game. If you have the ball, that doesn't mean you're only offensively. You need people in protection. You don't have the ball, that doesn't mean everybody's in a challenge, but you need help around, you need a good positioning for after winning the ball, all this kind of thing. So that's how we see that. So that means the general thing is 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 okay, but in details we have to improve. We know that, and that's what we are absolutely working on. Okay, thank you. Now we go to Diego uh, Plaza. Diego, you're there. I think you're in your car a second ago. You want to unmute and ask a question? I think we may have lost Diego, in which case that's fine. So Paul Joyce is definitely on. Paul, I don't know if you want to uh, unmute and ask the question. We'll go to you. Hi, Jürgen. Um, I was just wondering how, how you reflect now on the Atletico game at Anfield in, in March uh, 2020. I think it was one of the few times when you said that, or the only time when your mind wasn't fully on the football match. How do you look back at that, the events surrounding that game um, now, please? Not too much, really, but of course, now before the home game again, you, you sometimes kind of think a little bit about it. But uh, yeah, strange 18 months since then, really. So, the world turned parts upside down. Um, not sure we could have imagined that at night. I think we all, or most of us, have a sense of it that something really drastic can happen uh, to us and to the society, and that what happened. But then at night, I didn't know obviously to which extent. But um, yeah, it's 18 months ago. Crazy. Was you're right. It was the one game um, when I when I thought about this game later, like. In May, April, May, or whatever. After that, I was thinking it was the last game we played. I never thought about it like a, about a football game. Just in my mind, it was a, yeah, a really strange moment. Uh, to be honest, um, before the game, after the game, everything what happened, the news you got before the game, um, the changes in Madrid. Here we were not that far. All these kind of things. Then all of a sudden, um, no. Um, mascots in the stadium, so you realize, oh, okay, somebody thinks that could be not good, and all these kind of things. It was really a strange situation. We were all in. We were probably in the stadium as well. Um, and yes, I see it as that, but not as the football game. Yeah, we lost. We played, I think, if I'm right, we played a pretty good game, but we lost. Um, and that's it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Jordan. Afternoon. Um, George, just a, a just a, a quick question on um, Antonio Conte has uh, joined Spurs. Another of the the world's great managers is is back in the Premier League. You know, you, yourselves going to have to contend with what he does at Tottenham. Just um, your reaction on a another phenomenal manager in the Premier League? Yeah, it's a huge yeah, he's a huge manager in world football. Really, what he's achieved in the game. Um, so to come to the Premier League, I'm sure he'll. Uh, make his mark on the on the Spurs squad and um, yeah, make them competing at the at the highest level and they'll be trying to to go in there and, and, and do that straight away. So um, I'm sure he'll have a big impact 
Um, and like you said, it's another big manager in the Premier League. John, just on the on the game now against the Atleti, I, I spoke to Jurgen about 20 minutes ago, just saying the last game was fantastic for people like me to watch. I don't know quite what it was like out there, but what is the challenge of playing a side like, like uh, Diego Simeone's side? Uh, intense probably isn't quite the best word to describe it. What's it actually like to play against Simeone and his left Atleti sides? You brought up a little bit, but I think I got majority of the question. It, yeah, it's always going to be it's always going to be tough against Atletico. You know, they're a fantastic side, um, as we found out last game. Really, um, yeah, quality players um, were extremely hard together as a team, defensively good on the counter attack. Um, and yeah, Diego Simeone is a world class manager, and he'll have them set up in a in a way which you think you can, that can hurt us. But it's down to us to make sure that we perform on the night. And if we do that, then hopefully we can get another group result as we did in um, in Madrid a few weeks ago. Okay, we'll go to Carl from the BBC, please. Next, hi Jordan. Hi, man. Um, looking at how well you've done, you've started this season, and the frustrations of the last campaign. Has that made the squad more determined not to let that happen again? Um, yeah, listen, we just we've started the season well. Could have could have been better. Yeah, I think it can be better. Um, it could have been worse as well. But yeah, I think it's a decent start of the season overall. If you look over all of the games and all of the competitions, um, there's still things that we we'll want to improve on. But that's that's always the case. Um, and hopefully we can yeah keep progressing, keep learning, keep improving as the season goes on again. Okay, we'll go to James from Talksport next, please. Jordan, how much of a boost do you think it would be to progress from this group with two matches to spare? And what sort of an achievement would that be when you consider the sides in this group? Yeah, it would be a big achievement. You know, it's, it's a tough group with top teams in it. Um, and so far, we've, we've done really well in them games. So it's another tough test tomorrow night. Um, it'll be a, a difficult game, but one that we know that if we get a good result, we can um, we can qualify, like you said, with two games to go, which is which would be a big bonus. But ultimately, um, we're just focusing on the game and, and what we can do performance-wise in terms of um, getting getting that result that we need. Okay, Carl, do you want to go next, please? Hi, Jordan. You've um you've played with Luis Suarez. You've played against him. I just wondered what what the challenges are when you come up against a, a player like like him. Um, a lot of challenges. Um, I think we all know he's a top player for a long time. Um, produced so many good moments at Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot from him while, while he was here. You know, I'm um, quite close to him. I speak to him now and again. But yeah, he's a um, world-class player and he causes a lot of problems um, for defences. He's, he's always in and around the goal and if he gets a chance and even I'm sure he'll take it. Um, so we've got to be on our um on our guard with him. Not only him, you know, they've got world class players all over, but certainly Louis is a top striker and will cause any team problems. Okay, we've got time for two more. So we'll start with Dave Maddock, please. Uh, <clears throat> Jordan, uh, you say you're close to Lewis and, and you speak to him. I mean, do you speak English to him for a start? Because he never spoke much English when he was here. 
Um, and how often do you speak to him? Um, uh, you know, how close how close are you? Not not that often, to be honest. But now and again, um, just to see how he's doing, how his family's doing, and things like that. But yeah, not not all the time. And I, I was just wondering, you know, you say what you learned from him because I mean, obviously he had. Um, an emotional side, but he also was maybe one of the great sort of competitors. And uh, so I'm just wondering what, what you know, what you took from him and his personality. A lot. You know, I, I think he helped us a lot um, when he was at Liverpool, mentality side of it, you know, how he was in training. He always wanted to win. Um, yeah, he, he played through the things that he played through in terms of peeing barriers and things like that. You know, he just wanted to get out, play football and, and try and do his best for the team. Um, and yeah, like I said, I took a lot from him when he was here. I think he helped me massively, um, made me grow in confidence as a player. And I had a good relationship off the pitch, but also on the pitch as well. OK, and final question for today was to Chris, please. Sorry, Jordan's turning to the Suarez show here, but Adam Lallana got a fantastic reception on, on Saturday. Would you think maybe the time's come for Lewis to get light? Why it was different circumstances when he was here last time? Could you imagine the crowd would show their appreciation for what he did while he was here? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think when Louis was here, you know, he was phenomenal, you know, for a number, for a number of years. He was outstanding. Um, and I think the fans know that, you know, I think the fans will, will appreciate that and what he did at this football club. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Louis will be too bothered. But, yeah, of course, after the game, it would be nice. Maybe not during the game, but after the game, it would be nice um, for him to get a, a nice reception from the crowd. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.